What's going on, friends? Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a fun one, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's going to be one of those fascinating topics. The interesting thing is, over the years, we've had the opportunity to provide financing for you know tens of thousands of businesses, all different types of businesses. Uh, some of them kind of you know unique. Some of them you know very interesting in these different professions, industries. And so we thought it would be fun. This is a great idea, actually, by Ty. In terms of what if we shared all these different types of side hustle businesses that we've funded, how it's worked, what we've actually seen in terms of results with these different types of side hustle businesses. So super interesting. Going to be very curious. I know the audience, you guys have been wondering, you know, what are it? Maybe you're in the funding space. Maybe you're one of our funding partners and you're like, hey, what are some of the best industries to work with? What are some of the best side hustles out there? So Ty, take it away. What are we going to be diving into? Yeah, Leo, I'm excited about this. That's one of the things about my job that I love is it's different every single day. And I am always, amazed by how creative entrepreneurs can get and the different types of businesses that we see. So, you know, like, like you mentioned, there's a little recession going on, you know, things can be a little tough, things can be a little tight. We want to get a side hustle going. So we're going to break this down for you. We're going to talk about all the different types of side hustles that we've funded. Um, we're going to talk about which ones we've seen do really, really well. And don't worry, partners, if you're watching, we're not going to mention names. We're not going to give away secrets. We're just going to talk about concepts here um, and maybe give some ideas on different uh, ways you could make a little bit of money from home. We're going to talk about some of the most bizarre. And trust me, when we're looking at a thousand different reports every single week from different businesses, we get some very strange businesses coming in. And then we're going to give you our advice because this to tell you the truth, for me especially, started as a side hustle. Um, I, I've done a lot of these side hustles. I still do a lot of these side hustles because if you do it the right way, you can make a little money and not have to sacrifice a ton of time. So we're going to break that down for you. Um, but Leo, let's get started with the different types of side hustles we've seen and funded over the years. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Outstanding, guys. Well, topic number one here, we're going to jump right into it. It's going to be e-commerce, specifically Amazon stores. And, you know, Ty, we, we look at the last three years with the pandemic and how that accelerated the growth of e-commerce businesses and really took companies like Amazon from being top god dogs to being kind of the top two or three in the world. And Amazon.com, I think, is still, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the number one website. Um, maybe two right there with Google, but it's, it's one of the top websites. And so we've seen a lot of clients and uh, different partners who help people start Amazon businesses. And this is a great place to start because you have a lot of expertise in terms of Amazon businesses. You've had your own Amazon businesses. You've coached others on building Amazon businesses. And in fact, we really kind of got into this uh, this whole industry um, working together because you came from that space. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look back and, and realize, Leo, when I first got into that space, 
Amazon, no, nobody really even knew about Amazon. Yeah. People weren't using Amazon to make money. It was all eBay. It was all drop shipping on eBay. So we're going to, we're not really going to talk a lot about eBay today. We will talk a little bit about drop shipping because that is a side hustle. But to break down Amazon, when someone's coming into us as, you know, hey, I want to start a side hustle, I'm building an Amazon business, there's a few different ways that we see people going about this. The first route that they'll take is they'll do what's called retail arbitrage. Retail arbitrage, yes, you still need capital, but what you're doing is you're ultimately going into physical locations, right? You're going into somewhere like Best Buy, and you're trying to find items that are on clearance, and you're ultimately going through, if you're smart about it, you have the Amazon Seller Central app on your phone, you're scanning QRs, or you're not QRs, you're scanning the UPCs, the, the barcodes on the items, and Amazon's generating a sales rank, and you can plug it in what you're going to pay and see if it's profitable or not. So it's nice because you just you don't have to buy large batches of inventory. So it's not crazy upfront capital, but you still need to go into stores, take the time, scan the codes, scan the barcodes, and see if it's profitable, see if it's a good sales rank. Um, I wouldn't just go about doing this without any sort of training. Because with Amazon, there's a lot of categories you can't list in. There's a lot of restrictions. You have to get ungated. But retail arbitrage, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad. You're constantly going to to Target. You have a little bit of time. Pull out the, the Seller Central app and start scanning and see if it's profitable. My wife did that for about a year and we generated over a hundred thousand dollars in sales on Amazon wow. just doing retail arbitrage. Well, unpack for everybody. What is seller central and, and what does that even mean? And how does it help you if you're looking to launch an Amazon business? Yeah. Seller central is essentially your, your, uh, what's the best way to put it? it? It's you where as an Amazon seller, you get to log in to see all of your listings, to see your sales performance, to create a listing, to create a shipping plan it is your headquarters as, as an Amazon business owner. And there's a, a really nice app, the Seller Central app. And when you download that in the top right, there's just a little barcode. You click on that and you can start scanning. Um, like I said, I would definitely do some research on it because you can learn a lot about, and if you're, if you're thinking about getting started in this, write a few of these things down. You can learn a lot about sales rank. Sales rank, the lower the number, the better the product, the more it's going to sell. I would probably suggest trying to stay below about 100,000 sales rank. Um, you learn a lot about category restrictions, product restrictions, brand restrictions. But retail arbitrage is, a, like I said, if you have the time, you like shopping, you like being in the store in person, it's a great way to make a, a few bucks here and there. And I definitely, you know, I've funded hundreds of people that start out with retail arbitrage is like their first initial foot in the door with Amazon because there's not a lot of risk involved. Dude, one of the coolest stories I remember hearing, and before we, um, you know, as we were growing the business, we were doing some of these live events with people who were starting Amazon businesses and they were using Seller Central. And I remember this story about a gentleman who, I don't know if it was like a DVD box set of maybe a whole series. Maybe I don't know if it was Law & Order or whatever it was, but... It was on sale in all of his local Best Buys around the holidays for like 99 bucks, and it was selling for like $300 plus on Amazon. And so he literally was going to all these Best Buys within about 60, 100 miles of where he lived, buying all of them, and I think he ended up making like an extraordinary amount of money, like 30 or 40 grand net profit in a very short period of time, and all he was doing was retail arbitrage. 
Yeah, no, they're, they're, like I said, there's a lot of money to be made in retail, retail arbitrage. And you just have to be persistent. Um, you can, believe it or not, you can negotiate with a lot of these big retailers too. Like, hey, if I'm willing to buy a bunch of these, will you give me 10% off? And maybe your margin yeah. was 10%. Now you just doubled that up. Like there's, there's definitely a lot of money to be made there. I also had a client, this was a couple years ago, but what this client did is they had a lot of storage space at their home. And they had a lot of upfront capital right now. And what they do is after each major holiday, you notice you go into Target and the second January 1st hits, Christmas stuff 70% off. Same thing with Halloween, same thing with Valentine's Day. And so what they're doing is they're going in and purchasing all of this stuff once it's 70% off, holding it and then waiting to list it like the Christmas stuff they'll put up around September. Um, so it's a great way you can get it 70% off and then sell it at normal retail around that time of the year. There's a lot of people that are kind of playing the holiday game. Mm, absolutely. Interestingly enough, like before we really started building, you know, seven figures funding and, and our funding empire, uh, throughout the recession of 0809, really starting in 2010, 2011, I actually, uh, Jill and I were actually running a, kind of a little eBay business, a little Amazon business, and it was different, uh, like electronic. Uh, I don't remember what it was. If there was there was cell phone covers, there were like these weird little Lego ice cube trays, <laughs> like all these little weird little products uh, that we tried out, and it was working. Like it was paying the bills. It was like our top source of income, and then we started. Uh, to really go full force into business funding, and uh, and then Jill was still Jill would wrap them all and go take them to the post office every day. We'd have our little kids in there going and dropping these off, and so it absolutely does work and can be profitable. And like anything else, it requires uh, you know systems, processes. It requires work ethic, and like you said, it, it requires training. Yeah, yeah. You don't. I mean. It is very, very easy to get your Amazon account shut down if you're not doing yes. it the right way. So even if you don't have the money for a trainer right now or a coach or a team, there's YouTube videos out there. Uh, search retail arbitrage on Amazon. But it's a great side hustle. It's a great way to make a little money. And things that you would never, ever imagine sell really, really well. Like you said, you had some funny things selling there. One of my top sellers were tinfoil hats for cats. I shit you not. <laughs> tinfoil tin hats for cats. I don't know what that was all about, but it, it sold. It was for all those uh, conspiracy theorists out there. They <laughs> yeah. wanted tinfoil Protect hats for their, their oh, my cats. cat to have the tinfoil. Yeah, no, that was a fun one. A lot of women's razors. I sold a lot of women's razors. Onion choppers. Uh snow cone flavoring like Ooh, just the weirdest stuff. shit but we, we had like this handle thing that could hold like 20 bags of groceries and so you just slipped them into this handle thing you just hold the handle instead of trying to hold all the the little plastic grocery sacks like that, and that yeah was a good one no it's there's everything sales on amazon it's wild yeah. but uh check those sales ranks that's i'm not an amazon expert anymore um i just help amazon businesses get access to funding And I see a lot of them do really, really well. So that's why I say this is a great opportunity. Retail arbitrage, if you're brand new, just getting your foot in the door, start there. Learn how it actually works. Graduate into online arbitrage. Same concept, but you're going to bestbuy.com, target.com. You can go to clearance sections. You can online look at the coupons and plug those in right away. There's a lot of really cool softwares, Leo, that... Again, I'm not, we have a lot of different partners that have them, so I'm not going to promote one or the other, but I will just say there are a lot of softwares that you can download like a Chrome extension, 
go to Best Buy's website, hit run, and it will show you anything that has a good sales rank and shows that it's profitable on Amazon. Wow. So the, the concept there would be, yeah, you want to have a little bit more money so that you can purchase more inventory. And then you want to be established enough to where I would suggest you get a prep center. A prep center means that when you buy it from bestbuy.com, instead of shipping it to your house and you prep it and you get it in, in a box and put an Amazon label and do all of that jazz, you send it to a prep center, pay them a dollar per product, and they'll get it ready and send it Dude, to Dude, I'll go ahead and second that because I can tell you, I mean, I, I help doing the, the packaging and the wrapping, and we take it to the post office every day, and then my wife was doing it for a couple of years on her own with my kids and, do, and doing everything else she had to do, and, and she was very, very happy when she no longer had to be involved in that business and, and do that because you're absolutely right. I mean, you can actually grow the business a lot faster if you're not doing all the fulfillment. Yeah. Oh, significantly faster. I mean, you're, you're, when you're dialed in, you make money when you find profitable products. You should be spending all of your time yes. finding products, connecting with suppliers. And that's where, you know, we take it from maybe a teeny little side hustle making a few hundred bucks a week to starting to become a more legitimate business. I think that's the transition from arbitrage into wholesale. Wholesaling, some people do like to start with that right away, but it can be hard, especially with how competitive it is right now to go to a wholesale supplier because they're going to interview you. Like you, Oh it's, yeah. It's not like that you, you have to qualify. Yeah. yeah. With, with the legitimate ones, at yeah. least they want minimum order quantities. They want to yes. make sure you're legitimate because you're representing their brand. So sometimes you want to get some sales under your belt first before you go in and work with a wholesaler and start getting these large orders going. But wholesale can be really, really nice. If you find a right, the right supplier, the right product, there can be really, really good profit margins there. And that's, Towards the end of my Amazon time, that's what I was doing 100% of the time. And so if you're able to qualify for that wholesale and you can buy bulk, what happens to your per unit margins? Like oh, they, they go up astronomically. I mean, I, I had a handful of products. When I first started wholesaling, I was scared and I only wanted to do maybe 500 to to 1000 bucks on an order. And I was making 40%, 50% margins. And then once I was, hey, you know what? These sell. I understand Amazon. I understand the sales rank. Let's go ahead and unload. I did a $5,000 order and profit margins literally went up 60, 70%. Wow. So Unbelievable. You can do really well. The, the biggest part with that though is, like we said, it's finding the suppliers and building the relationships. It's still a relationship game there. And then you've got to find quality suppliers who are going to give you quality products because what happens if you buy a bunch of bulk and then it comes in and the product is not the way it's supposed to be, now all of a sudden you're kind of in trouble when you have all this inventory. What are the way? Is there any way to like protect yourself, like to make sure that the the wholesaler gives you quality products? Yeah, I mean there there are. I mean it, when you're going out and building these relationships with suppliers, and I'm if I was about to do a, a large order any more than a few thousand bucks, I'm absolutely getting samples. I'm purchasing a few samples. I'm scanning the UPCs on the samples. I'm sending yeah. those into Amazon. I'm making sure everything goes through properly and. Truth be told, even at this point, you should probably have some sort of business insurance. Oh, yeah. No question about it. All right. So, you know, you talked about retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and wholesale. Tell us about private label. How does that work? Yeah, private label is something that we have seen really, really take off, Leo. And, and especially lately, some of our biggest partners, that's their strategy is private label. Um, and I think it's because that's not something that you should take on on your own. There is a lot that goes into private label, but ultimately what you're doing is you're finding a product 
Uh, a good example is those balance boards that everyone has, right? There's yeah. the little foam ball underneath it, and yeah. you're on a balance board. You look up balance board on Amazon, and you're going to see 25 different variations. That's because there's a manufacturer, and that manufacturer lets you purchase them and private label them and put your brand on it. So there's private label, there's branding, but ultimately you're creating your own product, your own brand, your own logo, your own everything. So the profit margins are significantly higher but the hard part is you're starting from square one. You don't have... Nobody knows who you exactly. are. Exactly. There's no sales is. rank. There's yeah. no orders. So you've got to there's be... There's no re- online review. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So it, you've, you've got to have the right marketing strategy, the right team. But private label, in my opinion, is definitely going to have the most upside. It's going to have the best margins. Um, if you're working with an expert, I think you're more than okay to start right on private label if you're doing this on your own, trying to build up to that, I would never, ever suggest starting there. And then the cool thing is, is once you're building that private label, you know, Amazon business down the road, I know guys who have built like multi-million dollar value businesses. And then based on how profitable they are, they can sell for a multiple of four, five, six, yep. uh, six times. So let's say, for example, uh, you build an Amazon business that is doing like $10 million a year and you have $2 million in net profit, you might actually be able to sell that business for like 8 to $10 million because it's a private label. But if it wasn't private label, then it may not be that valuable. Exactly, because you don't own the brand. The yep. brand. So it's that that's the key is owning the brand, owning the listing, owning the sales ring. That's, that's all you. Um, and then the, the last one here that we've seen, it went crazy for wow. about a year, and it's really throttled down because... Amazon has made it so difficult to drop ship, especially from places like Walmart. That's technically against their terms of conditions. So saw a lot of stores get shut down for that. But there are still a lot of really, really good legitimate businesses out there that do what's called a done-for-you Amazon business. So if you're the type of person that, hey, I've got a lot of money setting aside and I'm about to retire or I don't know what to do with this money, it's a little more expensive to set something like this up. But there's groups that you can give, you know, however much, maybe it's 30000 40000 50000 and they will run your full Amazon business for you. They just need the capital to get the inventory, and then they split those margins with you. So a lot of opportunities out there like that if you have a lump sum just sitting there ready to use. It's almost like, you know, in real estate, you have the ability to, to buy a property, qualify, and you're like, I don't have the time to figure this out and manage it. And you're like, hey, you're an expert. Here's my money. Let's do it. I'll help get the mortgage. You manage the property. And I don't want to have to spend any time on it. It's kind of what these Amazon done-for-you stores are is you can basically leverage your credit, leverage any money you have, get the business off the ground, buy the inventory, You know, have a line of credit that manages the inventory. And then they're going to do all the, uh, the work for you in terms of managing the account, getting the inventory bought and uploaded and sold, managing the reviews, manage the business for you. And so it can be a very powerful model and we've seen a lot of those different types of opportunities uh, pop up. One of the things you've talked about with all of these businesses is there, what are some of the different issues that pop up where your Amazon store or Walmart store could actually get shut down? How does that happen? There, there's a handful of different things that you could do. I mean, at one point, mine actually got shut down or suspended because yeah. I was drop shipping, which I was doing it the correct way, but I was drop shipping and some lady bought cat food. Again, I don't know why I'm talking about cats again. This is bizarre, but she bought cat food and the seal was broken. And it's something that happened with my, my fulfillment center. And I, I guess in this unique instance, the cat food came from a, 
uh, uh, like what's the word? I'm like a retailer that I yeah. wasn't supposed to be drop shipping from, and it got reported, and I got shut down. And so, you really need to learn Amazon's terms of condi- terms and conditions because there's a lot of ways that you can get your store shut down if you're not being smart. The the quickest way probably though is right now from what I'm seeing is drop shipping from Walmart to Amazon. I'm seeing those get shut down left and right right now. Yeah, exactly right. So smart things you want to be aware of. If you're going to be involved with these, you need to ask the questions. And I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they kind of just pass everything over. I'll just figure my business out, run it for me. And if you want to be successful, you've got to be involved. You have to be able to get through the learning curve and do some due diligence because it's kind of like one of those things like no one's going to care more about your business than you will. Yes, you can have these uh, different partners and people who are helping and training you and uh, maybe even splitting profits, doing a lot of the work, but you, it's ultimately up to you. You are the captain of the ship. It's your destiny that you're in charge of. And so if you want to make sure things succeed, you can't just hand everything off. Like you have to be able to manage it and learn enough about it to put the odds in your favor. And if you do that, then you're going to be successful. And if you don't do it, then you'll see your store shut down and then you'll blame everybody else. But, you know, ultimately it comes back to you. Yeah, Leo, I just want to reiterate that. Like I've literally funded thousands of e-commerce businesses to this point. And I can tell you the biggest factor there, regardless of what strategy they're taking, whether it's retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, wholesale, private label, it comes down to persistence. Of the thousands that I've funded, there are hundreds that are doing super well today. And there are hundreds that aren't even in business anymore. And I can tell you the biggest difference is that persistence. Meaning when you start looking for products, you're going to face a lot of rejection. You're going to see a lot of products and scan 99% of the products that aren't profitable. But guess what? That one that you do scan that is profitable is all you need to go build that successful Amazon business. So just stay persistent hundreds of thousands of people have successful Amazon businesses right now. There's no reason why you couldn't do the same. A hundred percent. And it's almost like, doesn't matter always the business that you go into. Although if you go into a newspaper business, that's obviously an industry going down. You don't want to do that. But as long as you choose a business that the trend is going up and all of the trends and research and studies show that Amazon businesses, e-commerce businesses in general are going to continue to see growth overall over the next uh, couple decades as more and more people get more comfortable buying things online. And a lot of the different experts out there have said that this was accelerated during the pandemic. And we've been fortunate to fund so many of these e-commerce business owners. And the ones that succeed are the ones that put the time in. They become experts. They they go through a baptism by fire, if you will, learn the ins and outs, what happens. Maybe they get an Amazon account shut down or two, but then they figure out how to build and grow that business, how to build a brand. And so many of them have built multiple six-figure, even seven-figure businesses. And that can really be done in any industry that's uh, on an upward trend. And for sure, we're going to classify Amazon as an upward trend and an opportunity that you should be looking at. And if you're needing access to capital and funding for it, we've been fortunate to fund a lot of those businesses. Absolutely. And and so moving on, I know we spent more time on that one because that's kind of been our niche. That's where we've really... It's where we started. It, for sure. Exactly. Those are our roots there. But on top of that, we've done, Leo, we've done a lot of Shopify stores. Oh, yeah. And with Shopify, I, it seems to be the main strategy there has been drop shipping, right? So they're finding good online suppliers. They're putting pictures of all of these products on their Shopify store. 
they have to do their own marketing, right? With Amazon, yeah, you're paying Amazon a big fee, but they're bringing all the customers to you. True. With Shopify, you've got to market it. You've got to bring your own customers. They order the product from your Shopify store, and the second that happens, there's softwares like Oberlo that will do it for you, but they buy it off your Shopify store. The order goes to your supplier. The supplier sends it to your customer. That's the beauty of drop shipping. You don't have to pay for anything until you've been paid. You don't have to store anything. But with this, you've got to make sure you have a really good marketing plan. Yeah, no question. My 13-year-old Marcus started his first Shopify store with a buddy from school. And they were selling like these uh, these like animal-themed like cartoon-type slippers. <laughs> and uh, you got a few sales on it. But again, yeah, you do need to build kind of an online brand and a following if you're going to sell that. Again, the uh, benefit by using Amazon is they're going to be able to bring a lot of those customers to you. And so there's always pros and cons. You can win yeah. either way, but you have to go into understanding what you need to do to succeed. And again, that is where I, I think uh, we're on the same page here. You can try to figure these things out. You can try and DIY all you want. But if you have someone who's experienced, who's already done it, who has a roadmap for success, your odds of success have got to be 80 90% higher because you're following something that's proven by someone who's already done it. And you can plug into their system and, of course, you know, go build your own niche, learn and grow even beyond what maybe you are, are learning one of these programs. But if you don't have that foundation, I'd say your odds for success are much lower. Yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, just to reiterate to everyone watching, we are not trying to sell you any sort of Amazon program or we Shopify program, right? We are a funding company. There will never in this video be a link to click here to learn more about Amazon. We're simply showing you what we have found by being the funding resource for all of these side hustles. This is what we found. So I, I hope that you can use this. But Shopify stores, Leo, my take on that from the, the hundreds that I funded is it's really nice because there's not a lot of upfront capital that goes into it. You got to get your Shopify store built, build the web page, find the few suppliers. You can do all of that for a hundred bucks, right? It's very, very inexpensive. But I can tell you this, what I've seen, you've got to have quite the marketing budget for that to actually work because you need visitors to your site, which means you need to pay for marketing. No, so, no question about it. And then wait, did, did we explain how the affiliate marketing aspect works? Yeah. So there, there's drop shipping with Shopify, like we just talked about. Affiliate marketing, same thing. You create a blog. Ultimately, you, you have a blog style website where you talk about different things that you love or you used or you're interested in. And all throughout that blog, there's different hyperlinks where maybe you're talking about this awesome mop that you just got for your kitchen. And, and the word mop is a hyperlink. And when you click on that, it takes you to target.com where you can check out for a, that mop. And these groups like Target will pay you a little commission for sending someone to their website. So that's how you could do affiliate marketing. And that is, a again, you've got to have a big following. You've got to get people to view your page. You've got to get people to read your blog. But very, very inexpensive setup. It's kind of what a YouTube influencer might do, right? A YouTube influencer builds a channel around something, and then they start using affiliate marketing to sell products that make sense with what they're teaching. So I remember going on a YouTube channel, and there was a gentleman who was teaching people all the different ideas. He had to have a great camping trip and all the different products you would need. And then, of course, he started to utilize affiliate marketing to sell those products that you would need to have a great camping trip, whether it's the tent, the sleeping bag, uh, the backpack that you're using to hike in to wherever you're going to camp. 
And so these are just logical things that you can do. And so if you're looking to create that type of business, of course, we've, we've been fortunate to fund that type of business as well. And the interesting thing about affiliate marketing is there are really affiliate marketing programs for almost anything today, right? You could be affiliate marketing, physical, tangible products, uh, you know, that uh, you're getting at different retailers or that, that you can just uh, share a link and make a commission. You don't have to do any of the fulfillment. You don't have to run the business. You just share it and make a make a commission on it. And you can also deal with information products, yep. people who want to learn more about an Amazon business or whatever it is. There are different affiliate mar- uh, marketing products that you can use, but it all stems with kind of doing one thing well, where if you're as, hey, uh, maybe you're starting a blog that's all about the best side hustles out there, right? And there's a lot that do that. <laughs> there we they'll, go. That's and and what they'll do is they'll do reviews, and I'll see reviews of of some of our different uh, products out there. And they're like, yeah, it's a pretty good product, but actually, I think this is the best one out there. And they're getting paid an affiliate marketing commission uh, to promote that in uh, in that strategy. So another way that you can use affiliate marketing to grow your business, and of course, we we love funding you know affiliate marketing businesses. Absolutely. And and with affiliate marketing, there's times that you can get paid just for people simply clicking on the link. There's times you can get paid if they actually go for it and buy. So again, we'll say this on every one of these, do your homework. Don't go waste your time and just create this blog. Do your homework on affiliate marketing and do it right. All right. So this next one is going to be really a fun one, guys. A very interesting, unique business that you might want to uh, get funding for. And people have approached us. This is a business, uh, and probably a lot of you have heard of this this, uh, business model. It's called the OnlyFans uh, business model, the OnlyFans campaigns, where you can set up your business through OnlyFans. And, uh, of course, if you want to build it right, I'm sure there's different strategies. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was a, a funny one. That was that was a bizarre one, That but there's a ton. I, I bet there's a, a bunch of different of coaching money. programs out there for, for OnlyFans. And, yeah. oh, yeah, I built my OnlyFans empire, and here's how you do it. Yeah, no kidding. And and that I think that's what that, – those are the clients that we've gotten. They've come to us saying – you know, hey, I'm, I'm on OnlyFans and I'm wanting to work with this group that will really launch it. They'll uh, promote it on all these different places. They probably are like doing some affiliate marketing with their OnlyFans links. But again, it's massive, massive marketing budgets. That's what most of them are looking for, marketing and then getting it designed professionally, maybe I don't know, videographers. I, I don't know a ton about yeah, this we, one. We but don't know a lot that's about one of the it. bizarre ones. We said we'll talk about the bizarre ones we funded. Um, and it's happened more than once. Wow. Very fascinating. Uh, I think I think Ben had the opportunity to take care of one of one of those. Yeah, clients. Ben and, yeah. and Steve. And I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. While we're on the bizarre ones, this was the <laughs> other one that we got. Um, we helped this client get funding. They're creating a an AI bot that will sext with you to teach you how to be better at sexting, which wow. apparently is a big thing. And so it's a it's a new skill set that uh, that the younger generation is learning. Yeah, yeah, it's uh we're not going to be talking to any of our employees about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they ended up calling that. I I was not spot, aware. But that that is uh, truly fascinating. So there's there's another opportunity there. Um all right. Hopefully ChatGPT didn't put them out of business, yeah, but yeah. We'll see. Always possible. Always possible. All right, so OnlyFans, that's a, that's a unique opportunity that uh, we've done funding for. And then, uh, you know, obviously in any segment, wherever you're at, let's say, you know, e-commerce we just covered, but there's a lot of subcategories of e-commerce, right? There's Amazon, there's automation, there's arbitrage, there's Walmart stores, there's Shopify, there's your own e-commerce brand that you're building. So 
there are all these different subcategories and segments within e-commerce that you can look at. And so that's fascinating. And then in real estate, I feel like real estate has uh, broadened into more subcategories perhaps than ever before. Yeah, so many subcategories. And this is one that you and I have actually probably together got the most involved and invested in is underneath the I, I guess, yeah, we'll call it real estate industry, industry uh, real estate category. We've done a lot with Airbnb businesses, um, not just ourselves, but we've also helped fund a lot of Airbnb businesses. And one of the ones that we've seen a lot of side hustlers work on and early, early stage side hustlers that yeah. didn't have a lot of capital to put out, what they've done is is the lease and list where They'll go out and they'll rent a property. They'll you have to get permission from the the homeowner. Oh yeah, you got to be transparent about it, it. Exactly. But they'll and there's courses that teach you how to do this, of course. But you'll go out, you'll find a property, you'll sign a one year lease on it, and then you'll list it on Airbnb. And there are some of those that are extremely profitable. Homeowners want to make sure they've got a safe, guaranteed rent every single month, but they don't care whatsoever if you go ahead and list it on Airbnb. Exactly. And then they know that, hey, the property is being cleaned, it's being maintained properly. And especially if you kind of have your setup, you have a website, you have a brand, and you come at it from, hey, I'm actually an Airbnb professional, a verbal professional, we do short term rentals, and we're going to spend all the money to make sure the property is in great shape so that uh, it can rent out and attract really great guests. And so it's one of the keys to doing that, and, and this is also, it's actually another form of arbitrage, if yeah. you will, an arbitrage, yeah. meaning you just you just pay a little bit, and then you can get more than what you paid for something. It's the same idea. Well, hey, if I can lease out this uh, condo in, in downtown, even if it's a small condo, I'm leasing it out for you know $1,500 a month, and but I'm able to do short-term rentals and put it on Airbnb and bring in three thousand dollars a month, and you're making that difference of fifteen hundred dollars, three thousand dollars a month minus the fifteen hundred dollar payment. You're arbitraging that fifteen hundred dollar profit, and that is that is the opportunity here. And so yeah. the 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 it used to be well, you had to buy the property. Oh, and then you have to come up with the down payment. You have to qualify them for the mortgage. Jump through all these hoops which can be difficult. And so this lease and list opportunity can be a great way to go. Yeah. And the reason why people have called us for this, because lease and that, that strategy, we look at that and people are probably thinking, well, why would you need any capital for that? Good question. Um, there's a couple things. Number one is they, they're not just going at this on their own. They want a course. They want legal documentation. They want someone guiding them through to make sure they're protected if the homeowner agrees to allow them to do this. So getting a lot of the contracts and the training. And then the other part is, furnishing the home, right? So a lot of rental properties, they're not going to come fully furnished like ours and Orem right now. Someone's got to move in and furnish all of it. But if you're going to lease it and then put it on Airbnb, you need to have the ability to furnish that home because someone's not going to get an Airbnb for a weekend and bring their own bed with them. No question about it. And then you want to set yourself apart. There's lots of Airbnb properties out there and they all have you know, some some nice uh, furniture, Ikea furniture, whatever that they've got in there, beds, etc. But if you want to truly stand out and have a premium property, then you kind of have a theme, you have some cool games 
something in it that's going to set it apart from the other competition out there. And if you have that, the odds of you attracting a better guest who is willing to pay a little bit more money go up significantly. And then even in down periods, you're going to be more likely to be busy and have uh, guests uh, booking your property versus those that don't. So there are these little secrets that we've kind of learned, you know, being involved in these businesses ourselves and also funding them also. Yeah. And uh, please, please, if you're going to do the Airbnb model, do not skimp on pillows and do not skimp on toilet paper. That is the quickest way to get a bad review from me. If you go to an Airbnb and it's like the shittiest $10 Walmart pillow, that that's a good way to ruin someone's vacation. Yeah. Everything's (laughs) going fine. You're super tired at the end of the night. You just want to have a good night, night of sleep and you lie down and the pillow is, is like a, you know, one of those two inches, super thin pillows and you're, Oh, it's breaking your neck and you wake up and your back and neck hurt. Not smart guys. Yeah. Not smart. Do it right. Do it right. The other Airbnb strategy is you can go out to different groups, different investors that have the money and you can say, hey, I've been going through this training, going through this course. I know how this works. I have experience. I can use your money, get a down payment or whatever you, you want to do. Get that investor money to go purchase properties to then put on Airbnb and, and you self-manage them. There's, you know, that, that's another way we're seeing people do Airbnb, but I'm seeing a lot more of the, the lease and list type strategy lately. And it's a great place to start the lease and list. But if you want to create true wealth within this Airbnb verbal format, it really happens when you can buy the property. Because as you buy the property, then you're going to get not only the income that comes from obviously the short-term rentals, putting it on Airbnb and verbal, but now you get the appreciation as the property goes up. Now you own a more valuable property. And if you only put you know, 20, 25% down payment down and the property goes up 5% a year, which on average, most properties do. Well, all of a sudden in five years, if you put, you know, 25% down and the property goes up 5% a year in value, now you just got another 25%. So your down payment has now doubled in terms of value. And guess what you did to the mortgage? You've been paying the mortgage down because you're collecting the short-term rent and you're making cash there. And then the, the best part about all of it is not only are you making all this money, you're paying down the mortgage, you're increasing your equity, the, the property's going up in value, but then you get these massive tax benefits. Yep. You get to depreciate the property, you get to depreciate all of the furnishings and everything that you put into the property. And so it can really be, there, there's a reason why guys like Donald Trump don't pay very much in taxes because the model of the tax system is if you invest into properties to make these properties better and more valuable, and we'll let you depreciate the property, depreciate all the improvements and furnishings that you added to the property. And that's why real estate investors pay very little in taxes. And that's why I'll I'll never probably be able to see on a large scale why it would make sense for me to put a lot of my money into stocks and bonds when I can put it into real estate and see so many different tangible benefits. And that's the interesting thing about real estate, whether it's Airbnb or a different model, like it's very similar in terms of the benefits. Absolutely. And and to get in, like we said, with real estate, there's a lot of different niches within within real estate. The other one that we've been a part of is, is land flipping, um, which was a very, very, I'm not going to lie. When you brought that one to me, I was like, Leo, like, what, what hell the doing? hell? Like, I, I just had to sit down and say, you know what? You've been right so far. I trust you. What can I do to help? Um, and you were right. I'll, I'll let you explain the land flipping, though. So it was super interesting. We, we had a gentleman uh, on our podcast like, uh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, and he's talking about 
how you know he and his wife were working these corporate jobs and they hated their corporate jobs and they're like oh there's got to be a better opportunity out there and so they were looking at real estate and i think they invest in like a they had a rental property and then they had termites and they had like all the typical nightmares that happen once people get into real estate and they weren't making very much on the rental property and they're like oh this sucks and then he he saw this uh, lot for sale and he was able to like buy it for super cheap and then like uh, he knocked on the the neighbor who lived next door and asked him if they wanted to buy it and he made like a, a big profit on it and he's like whoa there's something here and then all of a sudden one thing led to another and so the idea behind land flipping is you find somebody who wants to get rid of their land and the problem with you're a land owner and sometimes people inherit land or they, a lot of the times they do, in fact, they inherit land and they don't even know what to do with it. It's not like they have a bunch of money to go build some big home on it. And maybe it's kind of out in a more recreational area and they, they're not ever going to live there and they're not going to, not going to, they don't have the wherewithal to build some cabin or some Airbnb property. And so they're like, I just, I'm, and then they have to pay property taxes on the yeah. land. So it's like, I inherited this land from grandpa, grandpa Bob. And I'm paying all this property taxes every year. And I'm oh, I hate it. I just want to get rid of it. And I don't even, I don't know what it takes to, to sell it. I don't know what needs to happen. Do I need to make improvements on it? Do I need to get approvals from the city? So all these things that people don't know. And they're like, I just want to get rid of it. And so then what you'll do is you'll, be, you'll go in and you'll buy it at, uh, you know, uh, and it's kind of the same idea. You, you can actually not have to close on it. You can actually get under contract and tell them, hey, I've got to do due diligence. You tell the, the owner of the property, I've got to do some work on it. I've got to do some marketing on it. It's going to take three to six months. And then I'll close on it and I'll sell it. And so it's the same arbitrage idea. No money out of pocket. I'll get under contract to buy the land for $10,000. And then I'm going to go over here and market it and put it on different websites and uh, maybe even have a realtor listed as long as I'm transparent with the, the seller that I'm going to be doing marketing and they have to uh, sign off on that in, in your contract. And again, that's why you use a system. So I, I bought the system here, went through the training, and then we actually brought in a, a third partner to kind yeah. of do a lot of the legwork because we're busy building our other businesses. And uh, and then you basically send out mailers. So basically you get under contract for 10000 with the seller and you go sell it for fifteen or 20000 You make five to $10,000. It's a great deal. And uh, you make this profit, and you didn't even have to close on it. Now, if you find a really good piece of property, you're probably going to need to have some cash, an investor, or access to some funding, yeah. and close on it. And so in our case, we, uh, we were sending out these mailers through this system, and we sent out these mail pieces, and this, uh, this lady reached out to us. And perfect story, right? She had inherited the money uh, when one of her relatives had died and left it to her. I think it was her parents, and she didn't know what to do with it. She had no idea what was going on with it. There was different work, things that had to happen to make it sellable. And so we're like, hey, cool, we'll, we'll buy it from you. And so it started out we were going to buy it like 13 or 14. By the time we actually closed, we closed at $19,500 on this uh, piece of land, and it ended up being like 9 or 10 acres in a, an area where there's a lot of recreational growth. People are going to visit and camp and build cabins out there. And it was on a pretty good uh, busy road, which was good because it made it more valuable in terms of the land. And there were all these uh, extra fees that had to be paid, and she didn't have the money to pay them, right? So that's why we started out at fourteen grand, but we closed at about nineteen five. And we actually had to pay that extra money. 
and and uh, close on it, and we put that money up, closed on it at nineteen thousand five hundred. We were pretty confident that we might be able to split the property into two and maybe sell each of them for like twenty five or thirty thousand each. And so you think about that, you buy a property for twenty thousand dollars, and if you could sell it for forty or fifty, that's pretty good. Now we still had some more expenses. We had the mailer marketing. And uh, maybe a sales guy we were paying, so maybe it cost us another five or ten thousand. But in this case, this this is going to be one of those you know real estate deals that doesn't sound real. You're like bullshit. That didn't really happen, but it actually did. We lived it, and it was just weird. And maybe we were just super fortunate. For sure, we were. But here's what happened. So we bought this property because I'm going through our taxes right now to get our taxes done. We bought it last December in 2021 for like uh, $19,500. And then we ended up selling this property for a hundred and I think it was $125,000. So we had this uh, realtor who knew the area well. We listed with her. She listed at 125. I think she first listed it actually at like a hundred. And then the guy didn't, uh, guy needed 90 days and he didn't close on it. So we were all bummed. And then literally like a month later, it was under contract for one twenty five. So she like raised the price. <laughs> I don't know. How that works. <laughs> she raised the price. And uh, remember, we were like in Orlando and it's like, oh, it's under contract. They're going to close. And sure enough, it closed at one twenty five. We paid her a big realtor commission, paid our title fees. And when it was all said and done, I think we netted one hundred sixteen thousand from the sale. And we had about thirty five thousand dollars into the deal, counting all of our marketing and everything we paid for it. So we ended up netting like eighty grand on this deal. So it doesn't sound real, but that's exactly what happened and the system works. And so I think, again, if you if you go with a system and we went through a proven system, bought the system, invested in it, put some time and some money into it, and it it, it certainly produced. Persistence. That, Like I again. said, it comes back to that. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of ways to make money. You yes. just have to be persistent. Yes. And like Leo said, we followed a proven process. We didn't recreate contracts. We didn't recreate a CRM. We no. didn't recreate mailers. We paid for a course that got us access to all of that. And then we're able to go and, and make a large amount of money on one single deal. So again, I don't know if we got lucky or not. It sounds like from other people in that course that that happens all it the does. time. It does happen. Um, but that's that's land flipping. So because we're running out of, mo- uh, out of money, <laughs> we're, not, we're not running out of money. We're running out of time right here. I'm going to go ahead and kind of uh, power through some of these other businesses that we funded, some other side hustles that you can get invested in, um, and then break down really what it takes to to have a successful successful side hustle. So outside of that, re- inside of real estate, there's wholesaling, there's seller financing deals that you can then rent. Uh, we funded a group that helps you get advances on life insurance if you're terminally ill. A lot of digital marketing agencies, you can publish a book. We've worked with a group that refabs cabinets, um, and, and it's a business in a box. They teach you how to go refab cabinets. There's epoxing the floor in a garage. There are a lot of groups out there that will do all the fulfillment. You just do the sales. Um, curb painters, lawn care, business funding brokers, network marketing, managing people's social media and doing posts for them, junk removal, right? There are so many side hustles, so many ways to make money. But here's what, how we break this down. The most important thing right from the get-go, you need to have passion. Choose a side hustle that you're passionate about and actually can enjoy doing 
it's going to make it a lot easier to stay motivated with this. And, and for me and my wife, that Amazon, we loved going out into stores and scanning items together. We spent time together. We had fun. We found some funny things like tinfoil hats for cats. But first and <laughs> foremost, find the passion. Leo, number two here. Okay, guys, you need to have clear goals. Set clear goals for your side hustle, including how much money you want to make, how many hours. The thing that I always uh, talk about is you have to set aside the time in your calendar. And if it's not in my calendar, Ty, it's not happening. And so specifically, looking at that land flipping thing, I literally, you know, set aside time where I went through the course. And if I hadn't done that, we wouldn't have done the business. You know, what's funny, Leo, you, you say that when I was writing this up, getting ready for this show, passion was number one, clear goals was number two. Time management is number three, right? It is a side hustle. We're talking about side hustles today, not full-time jobs. I hope that you still have your full-time job and a steady form of income early on. But set aside time for your side hustle. If you are not allocating time, you will not do it. And when you set aside that time, be committed enough that you will actually work on the side hustle, even if it's just doing research that day. And we, we, we always hear, oh, you know, I want to do the side hustle, but I just don't have the time. No, you do. You absolutely have the time. You know, we, we've got a bunch of kids, a bunch of employees, a bunch of businesses. What happens is you replace some of that wasted time that you thought you didn't have time for with some time on your side hustle. And so let's say you're busy, you know, you get up early at seven o'clock, you're running around, you're taking care of your family, your job, your business, you get home and you take care of everybody and everybody's in bed at nine o'clock. Well, guess what? From nine 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., you got two hours instead of watching the latest Netflix show or the latest show on Amazon or whatever it is. That's two hours you go through and do that training. And maybe you can do it three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And maybe you get another few hours in on a Saturday or a Sunday. And that's the sacrifice you make if you want to create a better life for you and your family. Absolutely. The next aspect of this is is market research. Do your research. Make sure there's a demand um, hone in on your marketing skills. That That's the next thing that I put there is learn how to market your side hustle effectively. And if you can tell yourself, look, I am not a marketer. I am not going to get on social media. That's not me. Find someone that'll do it for you because the, you've got to hone in on your marketing. And, and you need to be, you need to let everybody know what you're doing, right? If you've got a network and friends and family, you should be damn proud of the side hustle that you're starting. You let everybody know so that if they know someone who might benefit from your product or service, then they can refer them over. You should have some sort of way to pay them some sort of affiliate fee or some sort of referral fee. But those are the things you do when you start a side hustle and you should be very proud of what you're doing and you should let everybody know. It's almost like, you know, when you're going to, you're going to get in the best shape in your life and you're, you're going to make this big commitment, let everybody know. It'll make you accountable. It'll, they'll, the people who really care about you will try and help. And if they don't, then they're not really your friend or family member anyway, and, and, and that lets you know something too. Exactly. So the effective or the, uh, the, the good side hustle, our strategies to a successful side hustle right here, Leo, again, find the passion, set clear goals, have good time management, do market research, get marketing skills honed in. And then lastly, go to myfigures.com yes. and track your finances and get the funding that you need because you need to make sure you're profitable. You need to know where you're spending money. You need to get access to capital for marketing or, or products or inventory, whatever that may be. Go to myfigures.com and we can help you out there. But hope you enjoyed the show.
Guys, fun show, great episode. We're going to have some shorts pop up that Casey's going to do on a lot of these uh, different side hustles out there. So regardless of the side hustle, get funding for your side hustle. You know, manage your money. That's why we built the MyFigures.com app to help small business owners and especially side hustlers get their money right, get organized, get access to capital to grow. And by doing this and just taking action, take take one form of action today, right? Get a little bit closer. Uh, do the research, get the program, set aside the time and make the commitment to create a better life for your family and children because you can absolutely do it. And there's never been a better, there's never been a better time in the history of the world to have a side hustle. Amen. I agree, Leo. See you guys next week. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.